True Multifamily is an On Air Brands production and a proud member of the On Air Brands Network. This is True Multifamily, the show where we dive in on what really happens after closing a multifamily property. We're going to expose the role of asset manager. That's a person who has a responsibility of seeing the vision, executing the plan, and managing people, budgets, and timelines, all to deliver returns for our investors. These are the real struggles, the real victories, and the real stories of asset management. Welcome back to another episode of True Multifamily. I am here with Stace Casaria. Stace, thank you for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here uh, because we're going to talk a lot about marketing and branding and building trust. And, and I love that topic as we were just talking about before the show, you know, just how you do that. And, and, you know, I have been around that a lot and I love hearing it and absolutely critical in 2020 and going now into 2021 where seemingly the whole world is blown up. We don't know who to trust, where to turn. How can a company or a person connect with someone virtually and build trust? So there's so many great topics that I want to get into you. Uh, into with you. Um, but before we get there, please give our audience a little bit of a background on who you are and uh, and and what your, your real estate looks like. Sure. Um, so uh, I've been investing for a little bit more than 20 years, uh, started with uh, a single family home. Uh, and since then, my brother and I ha- have um, accumulated a small portfolio of singles and doubles in um, in Connecticut. I live outside of Boston now, and I own a small apartment building here and I'm also investing passively um, in, in a syndication. I'm, I'm looking to do more of that. Um, eventually, I want to, you know, run a syndication of my own. But I, I, I feel like there's, there's more I've got to learn. Um, but it's not my day job yet. My day job is running a branding agency, um, and I'm always trying to find those intersections of how can I bring my marketing expertise over to my my um, real estate, because I, I don't want to run my real estate like a hobby. I've seen a lot of people do that. I want to run it like a business, but not just like a business. I want to run it like a, um, uh, you know, apply marketing to it and the marketing principles that I see work in other areas, just uh, apply them here and make these, th- these properties run more smoothly like you would any other business, like, like software business or, or whatever it might be. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, so often, you know, when you go to a RIA meeting or networking meeting, not so much lately, but you know, everyone's got the same five Vista print business cards. And, you know, it's like, there's so much missing in the businesses that we're running when it comes to branding and marketing. And so um, I love that approach. And I love that you're, and, and obviously much more than just a business card, but building a brand and a reputation is is so encompassing. Um, and I love that you're seeing such a parallel between your agency and, and real estate. Uh, but before the real estate, let's talk about the agency a little bit. Tell us uh, where that came from and, and what kind of work you're doing. Sure. Thank you. Um, so the agency is called Trust Deep. Trust Deep um, refers to um, a theory I have. So I'd say, I say like every relationship you have, whether it's with a spouse, a friend, your kids, employees, partners, vendors, whatever, there are three kinds of relationships you have. People know you, people like you, and people trust you. So I didn't invent that, but, but that's, that's a paradigm that I use. I say every relationship falls into one of those categories. So I, I like to think that like people knowing you starts in your head, people liking you happens in your heart, People trusting you is one level down in the gut. That's that's where trust deep comes from. So you'd say to somebody, what kind of relationship do you have with him? Well, I have a trust deep relationship. Mm. You know, we go trust deep. So I love it. Um, our agency is like focused on not just helping people win customers, but by create lifelong advocates. And so we focus on these four things. I, I call it the trust dynamic, and there are four parts of it. I want to help my clients become trustworthy so that they create lifelong advocates and, and customers because um, that's ultimately the, the the strongest foundation you get down to that and you've got an army of people who are out there preaching your gospel about your business or your your brand your, your company or whatever um, and that's the real gold for me is is to, to do those things rather than um, you know a lot of branding agencies will we'll talk about like image like i like to craft image but based on substance um and i have a somewhat scientific approach to that uh so i, I feel like we've, we've got that angle there and as an advertising professional this just 
makes me feel more um, fulfilled as, as what I do. So I've, I've worked on brands like Delta Airlines, Bose, Panasonic, Heineken, you know, Jameson, uh, Absolute Vodka. I've worked on tons and tons, but like, I always felt there was something missing and I didn't have the influence at that level working with massive companies or a large advertising mm -hmm. agency to have that sort of connection with um, somebody who's starting a business, somebody who's running a business, somebody who's trying to launch something new, like to get in there and influence them, find out what drives them and communicate that out to people. That's what's going to ultimately attract a really loyal following is when people see your mission and understand your mission, obviously they have to align with that, but that, mm -hmm. that's the stuff that I focus on and, and I, I'm excited every day to do. Well, number one, that's great. Like you're excited, you're getting out, you're, you're running a business. So that's, that's fantastic. Um, tell me like, who's your ideal customer? What does a typical project look like for you at this agency? Yeah. So um, it, it, it runs the, the gamut. So a lot of what I have out here, as far as clients in, in the area, there's tons of technology out here and tons of financial services. So um you know, we just started a project with a new software company. They're, it's a startup and they've got like maybe three or four employees. That's my ideal customer. When I, when I can get in at that level and help them create a brand, um, create, help them find out what they, what drives them, their, their values, their vision and build that foundation. And that foundation isn't just for marketing that helps steer their entire company, the decisions they're going to make about hiring or the products they have, or if they're doing like store design or the, the customer experience, that's the level where I have the, the, the greatest influence where I, I feel I can really add value. So we create content too at our agencies. Um, so like blogs, eBooks, websites, social media, we do all that too, but a lot of people can do that. I think the real value we offer is at the, the, the foundational level, creating a brand, not just visual identity, but all the foundational documents like, like mission, vision, values. So what I was going to ask about next is that is what it sounds like you're going is, is so if I'm a, you said three to four customer type companies, so I'm pretty new, just sort of getting started, maybe what, six months in or something. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sort of testing out this business. Now it's time to say, well, what is, my business stand for what who are we right and why are we here market ourselves why okay great question too why are we yeah. even here yeah. um and so just talk me through that process a little bit like if if i'm a an entrepreneur as i am and most of our uh, listeners are or want to be business owners and own multifamily properties of course all usually in a company so if if you can speak to that a little bit like how do i as a someone who wants to buy property start to think about these questions and mission and vision and frame what my company might look like that's that's awesome so here's the thing is like i i i approach my rentals as um with a different kind of mindset i firmly believe that my tenants are not necessarily tenants, they're customers. And so that means I have to bring a certain level of customer service to them. The same way, like, like if I owned a hardware store, I would treat my customers a certain way. I would use mar proven marketing principles to create a, a great experience for them. So they choose me over any other hardware store. It makes sense. It's, it works the same way, whether it's a bank or a hardware store or shoes or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I see so many investors and like going to meetups and stuff and talking to people and they see their tenants as like this necessary evil. And there's this like level of animosity. And they're like, you know, these, and, and I just don't see people treating them like, a, a, you know, the, this customer service, you know, mindset. I'd say to like business owners, figure out why you're in business. And I would say there's probably a deeper reason or there's something a more articulate reason, but I say we're here to serve our tenants and we need to figure out what's special about us. Um, there are so many, I mean, people have a lot of places to live. And right now it might be a tight housing market, but, but let's say, I mean, there was more demand than, there was more supply than demand. You're gonna need to find something, some way to stand out and creating a brand, even if it's a personal brand, and you don't have to go through a full branding exercise, just understanding what your purpose is, figuring that out, discovering it, defining it, even informally, and then making sure that you find a way to articulate it to your, your customers, your tenants, or your property manager, or any employees you have. So everybody is treating your customers the same way, and everybody's moving toward the same 
vision that you have. You've set this true north and you're all aiming toward that. Like I had a property manager who I let go um, in September and I just didn't like the way they were, they were working with my, my, my tenants. And now I'm, I'm self-managing that property. I was going to like, I was going to find another property manager, but it's going fine. So I'm like, Oh, this building sort of on cruise control. I mean, no problems <laughs> at the moment. So I'm happy with that, but I need to have my employees seeing my vision and the people in my building. I should ultimately think of them as how I would want somebody to treat my, my family. Right. I mean, that's, that's a stretch for some people to see it that way, but, but that's ultimately what I want. And I'm, I have to create a brand. I have to create this identity for myself and make sure that translates across everything I do. So all my actions, I have every interaction with them. Like, hold, on, hold on right there. I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I want to pause because you just, you hit us with so much great okay, content. Okay. Sorry, sorry. And that I 100%, we're going to get into exactly that. But okay. I want to just break down the first part. So you, the, the, the what, which is what, and then you're going to get me into the how for sure. Um, so the what of what you said is that, you know, you have a mission and that is not just words that you wrote down on a piece of paper one time in some exercise and forgot about, but something that your company lives and breathes so that every day when you're treating your tenants or you're thinking about a property or the people who represent you, vendors, like a property manager, a contractor, do do these people fit within our circle? And so I'll give you an example for what we do. My partners and I, uh, and Stacey and I did not plan this ahead of time, but what we have, so my partners and I uh, work in the DeRosa group and our mission is to transform lives through real estate. And so there's so many great um, feelings and emotions that come out of that. But what it really boils down to is transforming our tenants' lives and our investors' lives and our own lives personally, right? We all have to win, win, win in this scenario. Mm-hmm. But what that also means in, in the, the details is when it comes out to it, and we're building out a CapEx plan, you know, it's not just uh, how do we scrape by and get as much rent as possible and provide the least amount of service and, and make the highest margin. It's how do we make this property better? How do we make our tenants' lives better? How do we improve their lives? How do we transform them from where they are? How do we transform this property, this area, right? And so we invest in things like playgrounds. We invest in things like financial courses for our tenants. We invest in all these things that you didn't, you don't have to, and they may not impact the bottom line or they, I mean, they'll be able to get $20 more per month, but it's the right thing to do. It fits within our mission statement. It makes us feel good. And frankly, probably allows us to raise more money and bring on more people, attracts more people to us because we have a very strong mission that we can stand behind and point to all these examples. Is that really what you're saying here? Wow. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's this other thing happening and, and you, you said it there. Um, you're talking about transforming lives and I hear the phrase value add so often. And I've sat through so many webinars for syndicators and they talk about value add and they forget to mention their tenants. So I'm like, you're adding value to a property, uh, a unit, but they they don't say they're adding value to somebody's life. And that's a different way to look at this this concept of value add. And when you say, you know, does it does it translate to the bottom line? It absolutely does because I bet you're able to keep tenants longer, and I bet you're able to raise rent as as yep. needed without any resist or without probably less resistance because people see a, a, a value exchange and they understand that this isn't just transactional they matter to you. And, and then you can do this if you have like a six unit building building or like 60 units. Yeah. I mean, you just have your property manager or your, your employees um, handling that, that rollout. But that is exactly the, the, the point is like you, you've set down a mission. And again, it's not just words on a page, you're living it. Cause it's not, it's, it's, it's like the actions that bring it to life. That's what you're doing. And that's, that, that's superb. Oh, thank we you. Did, like we did not, we did not rehearse that. I, I know. Like, this is perfect. It's like, it's like you need to come and do an infomercial for me. No. Anytime, anytime, my friend. So, okay. So I cut you off. You were, you told us the what, tell us about your how and, and how you build uh, trust and how you treat your tenants. You know, you said you treat them like family. So that that's a big statement. So yeah. uh, most landlords uh, would probably cringe when they hear that or ignore I it. Even saying it, I cringe <laughs> because I know I can give you an example. Check this out. So, um, so, so, but some of the tactics, some of the stuff that you've described, um, like 
goes far above and beyond what I'm doing. So, I mean, we can learn a lot from what you said there, but I'll just share like my small, my small example. So I've got these, these two tenants who've lived in this building for, I inherited them. They've lived there almost 20 years. And I would say they're a little bit difficult, but difficult sort of like, like if you had like a, like a pain in the ass aunt or uncle, like these, these are those people, <laughs> but they're like, they're nice people. They're just like, like, you know, like anything you do, they, they question like, why are you doing that? It didn't used to be like this, you know, like, you know, but I have to always remind myself that the, these people are somebody's family. And at the moment, I have to act like I'm, I'm feeling like I've been, I'm rewarded that, that they're in my life, they're in my building, and I have to treat them, I have to be patient. It reminds me all the time because they just like these, like, some like these crazy things, like they call you and you're like, like, what? And like, like I, I, I want to lose my patience. I'm like, you know what? These people, like, I don't know them closely, but they matter to somebody. They're human beings mm. and they matter. And I feel there's a value to me. That, first of all, they're changing my life by getting me to be more patient. But when I am able to understand what they need, I'm able to show empathy. I can't always do what they ask me to do, but I, I listen to them and they appreciate that. It's the same thing with, it's like, it's a lesson we can learn any interaction we have with people. Empathy is essentially listening to somebody, understanding where they, they're coming from and validating their points of view or them as a person just by listening to them. It doesn't mean I agree with them, but I listen to them. So th that's, that's one of the things. And it's like, how do I make, like, how do I make my mission and what they want, like line up? Cause that, to me, that's the ultimate, that's, that's what mm -hmm. brand is that intersection. And there's this one instance where they were like, they were talking about like, they, I wanted to redo the front of the building and they were talking about how they like lilies or flowers and like gave me such a hard time about like, I wanted to plant like something else. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? I want to beautify it. They've lived here for longer than I've owned this building. So like, <laughs> it was like, let me, let me see if I can, there's a way that I can make this work. Um, but something else I've done with them. And I, I know that like the holidays are important to them. So every, I, I, I decided like every year I'm going to, I'm, for Thanksgiving, I give all the tenants like a gift card to the local supermarket so that I'm like, cause the thing is like, I want to support family, family gatherings. I know this year it's a little bit hard to do that, to get together, but nonetheless, that's something that supports that. I can say, you know, food in my mind, I grew up in an Italian family. Food in my mind is like this, this thing that brings family together. Yeah, so like, yeah, that's part of my the brand and it's it's like a small thing and like some of your some of your listeners are probably might be much might be at a higher scale than what i'm doing but it's like these lessons where i'm trying to think about how do i give my tenants a feeling of ownership because this isn't like i'm selling them a pair of shoes or a car this is where they live and it's central to our being like where we look it's like i'm like I want them to have a sense of ownership without them pushing it too far. Like ultimately I own the building, but like when they were had such an opinion on what the building looked like the front of it, I'm like, this is fantastic. These, these people are never going anywhere. I want them to live here forever. And if it means planting lilies or whatever it is done, whatever it you know, takes, but, totally. but, it's, but it's like oh. understanding where they come from and, and, and like helping them, you know, feel comfortable in this home because like at the end of the day, I leave and I come back to my house. Right. You're not looking at the lilies all day. Right. I'm not, but they're there. They, they live there and it means something like our homes are like incredibly personal to us. And like as landlords, we should feel like we have this, this amazing power to, to, to make somebody's life better. I mean, you said it more eloquently a minute ago when you said transforming people's lives. Yeah. Boom. That's it. Right. That's it. Uh, well, let me ask you from the other side, because some some people might say, well, you know, Stace, that's great. And that's, you know, the lilies is fine. But yeah. where does it end? And how do we draw a line of um, professionalism or, or spacing between landlord tenant? And, um, you know, have you have you run into any trouble with that where, you know, they're asking and you're thinking, well, this is like my crazy great aunt, you know, yeah. what would I, what would I do for my crazy great aunt versus this, this tenant here? Can, can you talk us through that a little bit and, and tone that line? Absolutely. So it, at the end of the day, I'm not, I want to say I'm not in this for the money, but obviously I'm, I'm in this for the freedom that it, that it gives, that, that has the potential to give me. But if something doesn't work with my financial plan, if I had like a, a, a team um, and, and they were overlooking the bottom line and somebody were to say, you know what, that decision doesn't make sense because you've got a brand, but without, without a sustainable business, you don't have anything. 
So I have to look at it and that's where I draw the line. If, if something doesn't make sense, if it takes me away from, I'm trying to think of an example where some, where they asked me to, for something, I'm like, you know, that doesn't, that just doesn't line up with what I want here. Um, but I know with the, with, with like rent increases. So something I've decided to do is when I need to increase the rent and I, you know, I, I do it every year because I want to train my tenants to understand there's going to be a rent increase every year. And even this year. So I, it's probably going to be a little bit less, but what I do is I do like a, a market survey of rents. I use rentometer and I also will go on Craigslist and, and apartments.com and I'll create like a little package of comparable prices and show people, you know, what's available and say, I'm raising the rent. I'd love for you to stay. If you, if not, here are some other places. <laughs> Here's the thing it. is that there's, they can see that like, oh, that place is a lot more expensive, but it's a little bit nicer. Or this place is like less expensive, but it's like, it's dingy. So I want to be completely transparent. Like they don't need me to pro provide that. They can go and look, but what I'm showing them is that I care. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm trying to be, um, my mission is always to be a, a little bit below like the, the market rent because I'd rather have longevity. But that has not stopped me from, from raising the rent. And, and this year, when I, um, or the last time I, I raised the rent, like somebody said to me, oh, that's not that bad. I mean, because that's, not, that's not the typical reaction I've had in the past before sure. I started this program. Like, it's not that bad. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, <"Pook." laughs> and, you know, I walked out of there, you know, happy or, you know, I, you know, I mailed the stuff or that, you know, people text me and stuff like that. But, but I, I want to stay in constant contact with these people and be transparent. But to answer your question, I draw the line at something that is going to hurt my ability to maintain this business in, in a way that like, you know, I need a certain ROI every month. Like, I, not that it's a numbers game, but like in order for me to do this, you know, I have to, I have to have a game plan and I have to stick to that. That's part of my brand. All of our brands is, is like having that, that, that true North that we're mm -hmm. aiming toward. And it might be to be X amount of profit, or it might be to scale a certain amount or whatever it is. I have to balance those things. And if somebody's asking for something that's unreasonable, I, I'm not going to do it. I mean, the crazy aunt, sometimes you got to say no to her, right? I mean, so. <laughs> yeah. Totally. hundred percent. Um, I, I love it. I, I think it makes, it makes total sense. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of parallels between your agency and the landlording business and how you're treating both and really your landlording business is sort of like a customer of your agency. Right. And uh, you know, you've got to build that brand and that trust, but so, so let's dig in a little bit, if we can thinking of the, the avatar of our listener who, who might have a, a multifamily property or two, maybe small multi wants to get into bigger multi is probably starting to, you know, they're hearing podcasts they're thinking, should I have a podcast? Should I have a brand? What is a brand? Do I need to pay someone for a logo? Like, Let's just sort of talk about, you know, how a brand starts and, mm -hmm. and what do I need to go pay, you know, stays $50,000. If that's what you charge, I have no idea to, uh, to build me a brand and guidelines and color palettes, or, you know, how, how do I just start the ball rolling? And, and how do I also think about these things that we talked about at the beginning, like mission and the values and, and all of that. So, so give me a, a little bit of a step-by-step -step if you can. Sure. So the last thing you said is the first thing to, the okay. first thing to think about. Um, so brand, let's define brand for everybody. So brand is the overall feeling of your, your business. It's, it's a combination of things. It's the trajectory you're on. It's, it's the, the goal. It's the, the values that you have. It's a bunch of intangible things that are the feeling that you get when somebody interacts with you, somebody reads some of your content, somebody's on your website, somebody's listening to your podcast, like the feeling they get is your brand, like the thing that's left. Um, and that comes through your actions. It comes through your communications. It, it comes through like, even like you said, your, like your logo, your, your website, your visual representation. So I say brand is C plus say plus do. The stuff I say, and that's all my communications. The stuff I do, those are my interactions, whether they're in person or, or, or virtually. And the stuff you see, which is like my image, it's, it's like color palettes, um, typeface, uh, logo, obviously, the, the design of my website. If I had a store, it's the, the layout of my store. If I had a restaurant, it's like what the, the service looks like. I mean, like when I plate food and bring it to you, like that's part of my brand. 
to understand what those things should be, you have to understand your values. You have to understand like what drives you, what's important to you, what's important to your customers. And again, it's that intersection, the problems that I solve, you, you, you know, the, um, the, the reason that I'm here, those things are all questions you have to answer in order to form your brand. And let's not think that a brand is, is only Nike or Amazon or Cadillac or something like that. You or I, and you have a personal brand. Like, so a brand can be personal, it can be one person. It can be a professional brand. It could be your company, a small company. And you don't need to spend $50,000, although I would love it if you came to me and $50,000. I would find something for fifty. dollars But you can, you can do we'll it. set up a referral code for our <laughs> listeners. Right. It'll be $49.99.99. Awesome. Awesome. But, um, but you, you, you need to do some sort of investigation. So what we do are these brand discovery workshops. And the process is, to ask a lot of questions, to get to the heart of what's driving you. Like I say, why are you in business? And I say, oh, I'm in business to own properties. No, no, there's, there's a deeper reason. And you probably know it and it's probably there. We just need to extract it. And that's, that's what we do. So like the software company, I, I have a new client that's um, a restaurant chain. They have like 10 restaurants in the area starting a, a, doing a brand workshop with them on, um, on Monday. So we're going to sit down for several hours and I'm going to, we're going to do these exercises. I'm going to ask them these questions and they're going to start thinking about things they probably have never thought about or verbalized, but I guarantee you like the thing that drives them is in there somewhere. It's just a matter of extracting it. And then we define it. We have to define it so that it's clear, not just for them, but for their employees. And in this case, they have franchisees. It's got to be clear to, to them and they have to be able to communicate it to their customers. If you can't articulate why you're different or what you stand for, you're not going to have resonance with customers. You're not going to have meaning. If you don't have meaning, you can't create deep loyalty. The brands that we're loyal to in our, in our lives, whether it's Apple or Amazon or you know, Nike or Polo, whatever it is, they have meaning with us beyond the product or service. Like, so, you know, I have Apple products and it's, it's like, I enjoy their, pro their, 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 their product. I enjoy what drove Steve Jobs to do his, mm -hmm. his thing. The products work flawlessly, but there's a message behind them. And it wouldn't have mattered if it, it didn't resonate with people. But Steve Jobs had these ideas about like, I want to simplify technology so that people can communicate and create more easily. But if people didn't have that need, he would have been in his garage, like tinkering on who knows what. Mm -hmm. You have to have that mission and it has to intersect with something people need. So anybody who's starting a business and wants to scale up has to ask themselves, what do I do better than anyone else? Like what problem can I solve and what problem do people need me to solve? And sometimes they're exactly the same. And sometimes you need to tweak what you do. So it resonates with people. That's, that's how it starts understanding so that good. and all that other stuff like logo, website, color palette, tagline it springs out of your brand it's not born in a vacuum you know what i mean so like it doesn't happen accidentally so um like we're doing a branding project for the software company so we did a branding discovery process and then we did logo after that yeah. because now we understand what's important to them they're like oh these five things are the attributes that this is why we're in business like oh cool now we can develop this simple little thing that telegraphs to people something about that you know um I'm just thinking about the, the Tesla logo. I was thinking about that today and I never knew what that was. It's that T mm -hmm. and it's got like the curved top. And it is the, it's obviously I, th I always thought it was like some kind of like scientific device, but it's like a cross section of an electric motor. And I'm like, Heard that. that's, yeah. Yeah. that's deep. I mean, like, yeah. I, I never knew that, but like people won't necessarily get that, but you look at it and you understand, oh, science-y kind, mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. But, but, but there's, a, there's a level of, of like, interest and in, in that, that, that goes down and you start to understand that and you're like okay now i get a little bit more about this i understand what drives them no pun intended but um <laughs> but but all of that comes out of what they stand for and you know the fedex logo for instance do you ever see the arrow yeah. in the fedex logo okay so like, i got a that, marketing degree in college okay, in college, okay. So, and okay we, so we had a whole class on all that but but for the listeners yeah there's a little hidden uh, hidden arrow like always moving forward that sense of motion right that's right the Once Amazon, right? The A to Z, right? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the A to Z. The, I love that smile. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but all those things spring out of 
Um, those things weren't done accidentally by a graphic designer who thought he was clever one day. Right. It, it's, it comes out of like the, the, the brand and the, that, that process. And you're like, oh, this is, this is what we stand for. And like, how do we articulate this to people? Because if we can't tell them, there's no way they're ever going to know why we're different from choices B, C, D, and E. I mean, they're just going to go and pick somebody else. I mean, you know, luckily every now and then they'll pick us, but like, yeah, yeah. We, we don't want to, we don't want to leave it to that. We want to create um, like a clear differentiators and we want to create lo loyalty and we want to rule whatever industry we're in. I do anyway. I, I love all of that. Um, you know, we went through an exercise uh, with one of my companies and we created core values, which came out of an exercise like this. And it was five phrases that really summed up who we are, what we do, what we look for, how we work. And it became a guiding light. Like we all put it on our phones and it was swipe screen. And so everyone sort of burned into our brains, but it helped us hiring, right? Does this person fit this criteria? If, if they don't have one or they're not really going to jive with it, well, they're not probably a good fit for us. Right. And so but just having that core value established, that brand, that mission starting up front, you know, even, you should hire Stace, but if you don't, at least sit down and try to write it out yourself right. and figure out like, what do you stand for? We have templates on our, on our website. People can download oh, like a mission statement template and download it from there and they can, they can do it on their own. Perfect time for a plug. <laughs> Tell us the oh. website. <laughs> um, it's trustdeepagency.com. So three three words all together, trustdeepagency.com. Um, you can also find me on on LinkedIn. Uh, my name is Stace Casaria. I, I might be the only Stace on there. So, um, you know, it, it's easy to get in touch with us. But if people had questions, we, we answer questions like this all the time, you know, cool. from, from people just like, like so where to help start. me if I if I come to you with my worksheet filled out, you'll help me give me some guidance and yep. figure out make sure but the core right. values, it's, it's interesting that you say that because like, values have to be more than just something that's written down. But like, it's, from what you're describing, like people lived it, you know, and it helps you make decisions, it speeds things up, because like, who do we hire? Well, they have to fit this criteria. Like what products do we offer? They have to fit this criteria. Like where do we open stores? They have to, you, you know what I mean? It helps mm -hmm. you make decisions. Like you wouldn't think of like going to the bank to get a loan for a business without a business plan, but like what you're describing should be part of it. It's just that bankers don't know to look for those things. <laughs> but if they did, if they went, if they had a degree in marketing, there you go. they would understand like these are things that are critical and businesses that go through this process are more successful. We see it in our daily lives. We choose to pay more for products from brands that give us like this, this consistent, well-rounded experience. It's not, it's not accidental. Somebody sat down and, and made this happen. You know, everything that you're saying is is so powerful and it's powerful for a company like Nike, for these those other companies you mentioned, but it's also powerful to the individual entrepreneur, the person that is just starting out, maybe has a few properties because as Stace has shown us, how we treat our tenants, how we treat our customers, our property managers, it all flows into the brand, the personal brand of you. Mm -hmm. And then if you decide to put a name on it and a company and a logo, but it all starts with that core mission and, and what's inside of you and what you want out of it. So I love all of that <laughs> top to bottom, just really, really insightful. And, you know, how, um, any other tips for someone as they're trying to think about, uh, think about this, because I will say that I connect with a lot of entrepreneurs that want to be raising money or doing apartment deals and all the websites look the same, like the big stock photography, you know, big, tall buildings and, um, you know, they all say the same thing. They all, their names kind of sound the same and the yeah. logos kind of look the same. So how do we stand out? You know, it, let's say, right. I want financial freedom for my family, you know, which is probably a very common thing that people say, I want time to spend with my kids. Mm -hmm. You know, how do I build a brand around that? That is, that sort of stands out and is different from every other person on the street. Yeah, absolutely. And so I would say that branding is not important for real estate people if the only people you want to invest is your family and friends. But if you want to go past that. Strong statement. What, I love it. Yeah, but here's what you have to do. Trust is a differentiator and you cannot ask people to trust you. You have to demonstrate trustworthiness. And so the thing I would say is, like, again, my agency is built on helping people become trustworthy, not smoke and mirrors, like genuinely trustworthy. And we have a four, these four factors that go into the thing that we call the trust dynamic. 
there are four things you need to show on your website in order to um, not just appear different, but truly be different. And so every interaction with, that people have with you through your website, through communications, you have a webinar, whatever, you have to think about these four things and build them into your communications. And the four things are credibility, track record, empathy, your ability to show empathy, and alignment of interests. And I can break those down because um, like they come in different proportions, you know, depending on the type of transaction we're looking at or whether, if, you know, like I'm like buying a pair of shoes or I'm at the hardware store or like all those things are changing. But when we're talking about like somebody writing a check for 50 or a hundred thousand dollars, you need to hit on those at, at, a, at a high level. It's important that you don't just ask for trust. It's not going to work. You have to demonstrate trustworthiness. So credibility is your ability to speak articulately about the thing you're talking about. So on your website as a syndicator, if, if you're not speaking the lingo and if you're talking, if, if it's like what you're describing sounds like fantastical, it's like, it doesn't sound like it's grounded in reality. You don't have credibility. Like, you know this, right? So like you meet people and in 30 seconds, you're like, this dude knows what he's talking about or, you know, he needs to do his homework, right? You know, before he opens his mouth again. That's credibility. Credibility is also your integrity, and I think of integrity as your values being in lockstep with my actions or your actions. So that's that's integrity that goes toward credibility, and people can see that, right? So if if my website says I'm like we're conservative underwriters, and then we offer this deal, and and it's like it's not quite conservative, or it's like it's like oh there's there's no vacancy, and there's there's nothing in the horizon <laughs> that would make us think there might be vacancy. Or like the economy's awesome. You're like yeah yeah oh, okay, yeah, yeah okay well so that's gonna destroy credibility. Right. Um, the second part is um, track record. People think tr trust takes a long time to develop, and it sort of does. Track record is the only element that takes a long time. All the others can happen instantly. So track record is our ability to have repeatable um, events. So like I've done something in the past. Is it likely that that positive outcome is going to happen again? That's track record. If, if you're buying a car, you would think about reliability. That's that's track record. Um, if you're a syndicator, you would say, you know, I aim for X amount ROI, and here's how I hit it. Not just when times are awesome, but like five years ago, three years ago, two years ago, and here are my projections, and here's why I, I predict that I can do this again because these factors are lining up. That's your, your, your track records. It's also your reputation. Like when you're not around and people are talking about you, what are they saying about you? They're saying something about you based on a past experience with you. And that's like, like trust. Some people define trust as, you know, hope for the future based on events of the past. Mm -hmm. that's, that's track record. And there are ways that you can describe that. If you're a first time syndicator and you don't have track record, you actually do like, so I see this on LinkedIn where people have never done something before, but they're trying to break into something, but they either have experience in another career or they're working with a network of people, a group of people, you've got partners who have experience in that and you're borrowing some of their track record and that's, yes. that's fine. If it's your first time, you, you've never done anything, you graduated college or you're out of high school. Well, there gotta be people who know you who can speak for, for you, that you, you borrow some of that track record. And you see that on LinkedIn, I, like where people say, like you can go and look at people's past and you, and you say like, oh, this person recommended them for that. And then you hopefully you do some research like, okay, this is, this is genuine that they work together at this company. <laughs> you know, I mean, the guy's LinkedIn not- LinkedIn kind of lays it out. You can really yeah. do that, that sleuthing on there. Yeah, you could, um, and you, you, find, you find that. Um, so uh, oh, hold sorry. on, before we move on, I, I love that idea. I actually used to give a talk about barring credibility um, because I was talking to investors that were first timers, but it was like the first time trying to raise money, um, either like on a smaller scale, like I'm trying to get a private loan to flip this house or to for a rental or something. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, how do you get the very first one? Well, you've got to start with who knows you and can vouch for you, right? And literally, if it's someone from the, some work that has worked with you in a different capacity and trusts you enough to move into, you know, real estate, say, yeah, okay, I, I get it. Um, but, you know, that's all, that's usually the hardest part. But if you can borrow somebody's credibility 
and say, look, yeah, I, I am new and I'm going to be transparent about this. You know, I, I have great success over here, this thing I'm new at, but here's my plan and here's who's going to help me with it. And by the way, I'm partners with this person who is not new. Mm-hmm. Then now I'm, I'm borrowing their credibility to your point. And, and now we can together, we have some credibility and a track record that someone can look into. That's exactly how I got my first um, syndication done was I gave up as much equity as I had to and borrowed someone else's credibility. And, you know, instead of me and my small amount of units, we had hundreds of units yeah. and we, we looked a lot more uh, credible. But no, no, don't say look, because it, it, you genuinely more, more, were more credible because it, it wasn't That's just right. you with skin in the game. It was your partner with skin in the game. So it's like, it's absolutely, it, it's true. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, as long as you're being upfront and that person- sure is involved. I, I think that, I think that's critical. I did something similar when I was buying my, my six unit building here. So I wanted um, some favorable terms from this, this lender. And I was working with the property manager at the time who had a good connection with them. So, I mean, he's, he made the introduction and the, the lender, you know, didn't know me from anywhere. I'm like, so most of my, my property is in Connecticut. I'm trying to work out, out here in Boston and um, it, and it, but it works. I mean, so I was working with that, that, that um, property manager. I worked with him for a few years and then that, that dissolved, but, um, but, that, but <laughs> absolutely. So working with people is the, like, if you want to understand business or succeed in business, you have to understand people. You have to understand relationships. Nothing happens without a, re- a, a positive relationship. Oh man! All right, that that that's going on the the tweet quote when we uh, put this episode up for sure. Awesome, so good. Uh, okay, so what's the next phase? The are we on three or four? Oh yeah, no, we're on three. It's, it's we're on three. empathy. So empathy. empathy. It's your ability to show empathy is like your ability to be human and relatable. And a lot of people in business will dismiss empathy as like a soft skill. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It's actually in my my, my research and my my experience. Empathy builds trust quicker than anything else. And it's actually simple to do. So like people want to know, like even if we're investing in a product or investing in a, in, a, in a building, there's a person behind that investment. And we need to know, is that person human? Like, and, you know, can they relate to me? Can they relate to my problems? And as, as human beings, we need to know that because we're not likely to form relationships with people who disagree with us or people who have, who have, who, who aren't, um, that don't have that same mindset. So think about like your friends, like, so you have friends who you agree with on a number of things and you hang out with them and you trust them and you will share things about you because you know that either they're not going to judge you or they're, they're going to be receptive to that and offer you like solid advice, or they're just going to listen. That's empathy. doesn't mean that you agree with them. Cause I'm sure you have friends who like, like, tell you, bring you a situation and you're like, oh, this dude didn't handle it right or whatever, (laughs) but you're listening to them. Right. When we listen to people, we validate their concerns. We validate their ideas. We validate them as a person. And it doesn't take anything other than listening. Doesn't mean we have to agree with them or it doesn't mean we have to support them. It doesn't mean that like if they say, hey, this is what I want to do. Give me 50 grand. It doesn't mean we have to do that. We just listen to them and we might say, you know, that doesn't work for me. I understand why you want to do it. But empathy builds trust so quickly. And all you have to do is, is, is listen. It's like the foundation of like human relationships. Um, the last- So em- oh. is empathy, how do I, um, maybe it's not possible. How do I scale that? Like, how do I show yeah. if I'm building a brand or a message, like how do I scale empathy? Or is that literally built in the one-on-one conversations that I have with every person that I interact with? Yeah. So that's, you know, I said they happen in different proportions and face-to-face or one-on-one connections, or even like talking like on the zoom or on on the phone, that is a a better way to build empathy, but you can still build empathy by listening. And what that means is you don't physically have to listen to people, but you have to understand what your customers want and you have to show them that you've heard them. So Mm. like if, if, if you were looking for customers and you're like, Hey, this, this group of investors that I want to attract, cause you, you've narrowed down your target market. If they want properties in the Southeast that have um, that are family oriented and they have some value add, but they're already kind of like, you know, there's criteria you say, these are the things we're, we're hitting on. So that's showing empathy because you know what your target people want, your target audience wants. If you were to just say, 
you know, we're going to have awesome returns and everything's great. And it doesn't matter who you are. We're, you know, we attract every kind of investor. Well, I don't, I don't believe that because I don't, I don't think you're, you're looking out for the things that matter to me. So we're not going to have that same empathetic connection. So, so thank you for breaking that down. Yeah. So helpful. Yeah. And um, you ready for the last one? I'm ready. Okay. So the last one is alignment of interests. And so alignment of interest means that we have the same motivation and we also have the same intention. So it's a little bit different than empathy. So here we are aligned. Um, empathy, I was just listening to you and I, and I respected you as a person here. We want to get to the same goal, but we want to get there in the same way. So if, if we agree on, oh, I want a 20% ROI and you say the same thing, but like I'm interested in cutting corners or I'm, I'm not as ethical as you, we might have the same goal, but like you, you've got this path and my path is like this. Mm -hmm. We don't have an alignment of interests. And, you know, that's a, a very blatant example that I'm giving there. But like we know that there are, um, there, there are people who, that we work with who are like, you know, I'm like my mother would say simpatico. Like we, we are aligned on this. Like we have the same sensibilities and we're, we're marching forward together, you know, in, in lockstep alignment of interest for brands. And so if we, if we take this out of real estate for a second, like alignment of interest is the thing that generates meaning for people. So there brands that we'd like have meaning with us beyond the product or service. Alignment of interest allows meaning to be generated because we care about things that go beyond the pair of shoes, the car, you know, the, 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 the restaurant that we like to go to, whatever, like we care about family or we care about our time. We care about like adventure, whatever it is. We talk about values, like core, yeah. core values again, right? Absolutely. It comes right back to that. So that's what alignment of interest is. We have the same motivation. That's like our goal. And we have the same intention. Like we're going to get there along the same path. Those are the four things, credibility, track record, empathy, and um, alignment of interest. Those are the things that we look to build into our clients' communication so that they are more trustworthy. Can't ask people to trust you. It just, it just doesn't work. But these are the things that when you focus on these things and you understand what your, your customers or ideal customer needs, you're able to build a more trustworthy relationship. It works the same in our personal relationships too. Like if we focus on these things, like um, I wish I had thought about this 20 years ago when I was just like starting off. I'm like, cause like I, I think about like some relationships or some jobs I've had. I'm like, why wasn't I advancing there? I'm like, I, I wasn't for, for this creative director. I wasn't hitting credibility. And yeah, for the, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm like, not that I make mistakes all the time, but, but I do. I'm like, <laughs> we, I all do. Look, we all do. We all do. But I try to look back and say, how could I have changed that situation? Now I have this framework and it, and, and it works for people, it works for my clients. And I, um, someday I'm going to write this book. <laughs> it's going to be, <laughs> I'll be first in line to buy it. Tell you that. Well, when um, I write it, I'm coming back on your show. Please, please. We'll, pr we'll promote the heck out of it. And right. then we will have a promo code for our audience. <laughs> um, listen, I love everything you said. I love that you're a landlord and you own a small apartment and like you're, you're buying multifamily. I love that you've got this agency going on and you've really, break down, broke down for us, you know, how to, how to build a brand, how to think about a brand first, start with that core, the mission, the values and build from there. And, um, and then, and then, you know, through these, this framework, you know, that's really how you live your life. And so it's taking that core mission. What I hear you saying is I'm taking my, my core values and I'm living my life. And it's how I talk to people, how I interact with people. It's how I uh, do the work and how I show the work that I've done. And just everything that, that I do is, is all circled around that, that first core value. So um, if any of our listeners don't have that, go, go to Stace's website and download that to get started and thinking about you and your business, because everything you do, every interaction you have uh, is a representation of that brand. And whether it's, you know, the guy in line behind you at the deli or, you know, a boss or friend you might have at work. I mean, I have investors from all aspects of my life and I have investors that I hadn't talked to in years before I came back and said, Hey, I'm raising money. And you know what? They know me, they know who I am and they will invest with me because, um, 
because of how I go through that that framework and how I they, live. They my know life. what you stand for. Right? Exactly. No question. You've because you've articulated it through your life clearly. People right. get it. Yep. I mean, it's it's different for for people to see that in your actions versus you telling people, "Hey, I'm trustworthy. I have integrity." I mean, it's like <laughs> that's a good way to <laughs> have people run away. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the whole concept then of trust deep, I think, really just puts a button on it, and and brings everything down to its core of how do we as entrepreneurs, as business owners, get our customers, our investors, our tenants, our contractors, our vendors to trust us through this framework, through all these things that Stace just spent the last almost an hour um, sharing with us. So, so helpful. Um, So Stace, uh, before we go, um, I'm going to ask you to promote yourself again, tell everyone the website again, but then um, tell us your true multifamily tip. So if you, someone is looking to get into multifamily investing, you know, what is your advice uh, for them? And it could be about branding for anything we talked about or just something from your experience you know, that you might tell someone, hey, look out for this. So, so go ahead, start with the website again. So the website is www.trustdeepagency.com. Um, there are resources there. You can reach out to us if you, if you have questions, things like that. Um, but I don't, I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but like something that I've been thinking about is um, I've, I've been hesitant for a long, I've moved too slowly. So I would say I would take more risks. Um, you have to be intelligent about your risks, but um, I see so many people who are successful and I see so many people who are hesitant. And for too long, I was like, just like doing this tentatively, right? Just like not moving quickly enough. If other people can do it, I guarantee like, like the people who are listening are, are as intelligent or as capable as people who are super successful. If they can do it, you can do it. You just have to believe in yourself. Like, so maybe not taking risks, but believing yourself. And I, and I just wish I had believed in the process because like I see people doing it and I am like, if I can, if I can learn what I'm doing and, and, and take it step by step, I can achieve these great things. I, I just like, it took me a long time to get to this point. <laughs> I'm a work in progress. <laughs> we all are. We all are. Uh, well, that excellent tip, you know, don't, don't be afraid to, to move forward and, and push that. Be like the FedEx logo, right? Always moving forward. So right. <laughs> uh, Stace, thank you so much for coming on the show. If you guys missed Stace's website or social links, all of that will be up on our website, truemultifamily.show. You can get his full bio and everything, all his links there. Stace, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, same here. Thank you very much. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode. Check out our website at truemultifamily.show. And if you have an amazing story to tell, share it on our Facebook community, and you might just be the next guest on the show. We're also on all other social networks. Just search True Multifamily. I'm really, really proud to have this show produced by our company, On Air Brands. Check us out at onairbrands.com. We also have an incredible, unique podcasting event that we would love for you to be a part of. Check that out at podmax.co.